It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. My online poetry slam. I want to sew the world into its sheets. I want to beat it with a bat until the warning sticks. A handgun is a machine. I'm tired of holding the wounded animal of my heart and instructing it on how to bleed. All I see are stars in the mouth of a tiny ghost. Hello and welcome back to the Mile High Poetry Slam podcast. I am your host, Eddie Eifler, here to guide you through this week's forays into slam poetry here in Denver, Colorado. Thank you so much for joining us. You know what? If you want to know what happened, if you want to know how it happened and who was involved, if you want to get to know the people behind the poetry, well, you've come to the right place. I want to say a huge, huge thank you to last week's interview, Kate McKay, one of the founding members of Poetry Slam here in Denver, Colorado. But this week, we've got an interview with Marilyn McGinnity. Marilyn is the owner of the Mercury Cafe, a poetry hub in Denver since 1975. She has hosted the Mercury Cafe Slam since 1999. She is the best friend that Denver Poetry could ask for. And we caught up with her literally on the outside of the Mercury Cafe on the sidewalk. So you're going to get to hear the, the raw, unfiltered sounds of downtown Denver in this amazing interview with Marilyn McGinnity. Our guest tonight is the owner and best friend that Denver Poetry ever had, Marilyn McGinnity. How are you, Marilyn? I'm wonderful. How are you this evening? I'm doing so good. Um, so I just, yeah, I wanted to talk to you from the beginning to right now. Uh, give me the origin story of the Mercury Cafe because, legend has it, this is not the original location of the Mercury Cafe. Okay, here it goes. This is the 13th location of the Mercury Cafe. Right. And I had landlord trouble all the way and I started in Indian Hills uh, in 1975. Mm. And you've been here for... I've been in this building since 1990. 1990, on Halloween, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, although we started tearing the building apart the April before. Yeah. (laughs) 1990. And um, you've had the Friday open mic for how long? A really long time, but the first open mic poetry we had, I don't remember what night of the week it was on, but it was in 1977. And actually, it's hilarious because the guy who's playing piano tonight plays a lot of the same stuff in the same style as that guy who played piano in the background of the poetry reading in 1977. It's timeless. Is what that is. Uh, were you born in 1977? I was not alive. <laughs> All right. See, there you are. I was in 1980 <laughs> when I burst into the world. So. All right. Yeah. Um, 
so let's talk about the iteration here since 1990. Um, did you have the Friday Open Mic going at that time? I think maybe probably 91 or 92, I asked Ed Ward. I called him up and said, Ed, you want to host a poetry reading? We did it in the Rose Room where that guy's playing piano right okay. now. Okay. And who else were the major players back then in 91 or 92? We had Ed Ward. Who else was involved? Lenny. Lenny Chinella. You know. Uh, I don't know if Kate McKay was that early. I don't think so. I don't when, think when so. When I interviewed her... I've, I don't know. I've met a million people. This is a really yes. hard question. You know, a lot of great poets. A lot of great poets. John Munson. John, I love John. Yeah. Was Tony Sabella doing things Tony back then? was maybe soon after that, but not in the very beginning. But there were a lot of great poets, like there are today. Of course. You know? So you are the best friend that Denver Poetry ever had. Absolutely. Well, see, I'm an addict. <laughs> I'm an art, you know, I'm a live music addict, too. Yeah. <laughs> you, you have live music, you have dancing, you've got poetry, you've got activism. Poetry is that activism, too. Absolutely. And that's, uh, for me, one of the things that makes it so important. And I love it when people read some... Sweet, nourishing, flowery poetry, too. Sure. I love that. So, what is it about poetry that made it such a cornerstone here at the Mercury Cafe? Is it just the, the tie into art in general? Is the activism part? What, what itch does poetry scratch for you specifically? Uh, political and art and soulful communication you know, communication from the soul. What do you get from poetry that you don't get from, say, a theater performance? Well, the same thing. They're both, if they're speaking from the soul, it's an exquisite, rare, beautiful thing. And so here, I am pretty spoiled because every Friday night, every Sunday night, we get that in that room. So let's talk about those early days of the slam. Now... I've already told you that I interviewed Kate McKay, and she said that when her, Ian, and Ted wanted to get the slam going, that you... Was it Ian? Well, okay, her, keep Ian, going. and Ted huh. were the, like the big three that started things. But when I talked to Kate, she told me that you didn't want the slam here because you found it vulgar. Gee, I just... Vulgar's not one of my regular words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so... I don't know. You know what I mean? And here's the other part of why... And I can't remember every damn thing that happens because I'm here more than you guys are here. Yeah. All right, so they all blend in and fade together, too. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> but I can't believe that I wouldn't say yes to anything that Kate McKay suggested to me. Okay. That's how... And so I don't remember. Yeah. But that's... <laughs> so I'd be surprised. Or, you know, maybe they caught me on a bad day. Or maybe... Which usually doesn't happen because I usually say yes. But, uh, you know, maybe I was too busy to talk to him. I don't know. So they originally had theirs at the 15th Street Tavern for a couple Or maybe months. I was cooking in the kitchen. Maybe you were cooking. <laughs> and I had to no come out and talk to the poets. I'm too busy. And it was a nightmare where they were at. Uh, admittedly, from everyone involved, they said it was just horrible being at the 15th Street Tavern. And then when... When, you, when I begged Ted. When you begged Ted. <laughs> so tell me that story. Tell I don't that remember story. that. You know, I just remember, I just asked him. I don't know how. <laughs> I can't remember. And did you know There's Ted too many from things. The, the Friday readings? Probably. Yeah. 
here. I just can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> but you definitely feel like you wanted the slam here. Yeah. Yeah. But it was this... No, listen to this. There was this other woman, Mary Kay or something like that. Do you remember her? Nope. Okay, Mary Kay was a young lady, maybe late teens, early 20s, who brought us a poetry slam. And this is before Ted did. Okay, and Mary Kay ran the poetry slam. And about three weeks into it, she said you had to be under 25 to slam. Because Seth and me and maybe Ed, <laughs> I don't know, but some oldsters were winning the slam every week. And she wanted to eat you guys out. She did. Huh. So that was the rule she made. Do you remember what year this was or when, when this was around? I can't remember these things, yeah. but Mary I do Kay. remember that. Yeah. And, and we weren't slamming. We were just reading some good poetry. It was nothing like what happens on Sunday night here. But Seth is a word crafter, so said, and I might be. <laughs> okay, now and then. I have. So I anyway, have a book of poetry of yours, by the way. I know. It was gifted to me by Lenny Chinella. Was it? Passed on. Yes, it was. Very well, we're lucky, aren't we? we are. With we're all so these lucky. people and these words. So you originally, and you and some of these more old-timers, went to these uh, slams. No, it was our slam here. Mary Kay had yeah. it. I mean, those are, they might have gone somewhere else. The old-timers besides me. <laughs> but I don't go anywhere. <laughs> You're here. And then you hear that Ted is sniffing around to establish a poetry slam. You ask him to bring his into here. Yeah. And what were those early days like? Well, he wanted to bring it once a month, and I said, no, you have to do it every week. I have to do it every week. And they were did you, great. Did you, yeah, did it take a while to get a pack? I can't remember. Here, I have no idea. Yeah. But it was fun, it's and fun. it was good. You know, and it felt good from day one. Because it seems like a perfect fit. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> and aren't we lucky? Yes. I mean, my God. Absolutely, Absolutely <laughs> we are. How has Denver changed? Since you've been here. I was born here. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really, really changed. Yeah. And, you know, change is something to embrace. Uh, there's... This change is a melancholy thing because it comes from having too many people on the planet. Yeah. Okay. Can't think about those things all the time, though. So, um, from what I've been told... The year 2000 was the first year that Mercury Cafe sent a national team to the National Poetry Center. And I was also told that they had some help financially getting there. Was that uh, someone of you were doing as well? Did you help I'm out? sure I gave him a tiny bit. Yeah. I bet you some other people did too. Did too. And that's just part of the community building that this venue is known for. Um, the team finished second overall in 2004. How did that um, influence or affect you on either a personal or a business level? I was proud of them. You know? Hell yes. And excited. And, you know, when people compete to be articulate. <laughs> and, and also, when young people experience that competition, and for the first time, they're 
getting people who are passionate and articulate who are right there with them and the live experience is so different than anything else and it's intimate in that jungle room it's amazing <laughs> I couldn't agree more so 2004 they finished second overall 2006 they won they won <laughs> yeah how did that affect you on a personal or financial or business level well it probably it's probably good for business but <laughs> I can't worry about that either okay I just <laughs> it's really important for the Mercury to be busy okay and we are and I'm grateful okay but I don't worry about that side of things it made us all proud and also, it turned a whole lot more people onto spoken word. You can definitely track the, the influx of even poets that started coming to slams after that, that weren't coming to slams before. Shit, it put Denver on the map in the biggest way. Yeah. It, in a big way, culturally. And thanks to the venue that helps house us. <laughs> it takes every one of us, you know? <laughs> hey, absolutely. And then, just recently, in 2015, your Mercury Cafe team uh, finished fourth overall. I know. And the trophy, I believe, hangs above yes, your coffee bar. Yes, that's right. Yeah. I so, feel blessed there. Yeah, so All what, that coffee is blessed. That coffee is definitely blessed. So what do you attribute this, this continuing success to? Two words? Okay, well, and the poets, okay. Mercury rules words and communication, <laughs> and it also rules the magician and the tarot deck, and you know. Of course, yeah. In traditional <laughs> Roman mythology, well, Mercury was the messenger god. That's right. right. So you think there's a little bit of a messenger god sprinkled in in the bricks? And messenger the god magic here magic, going on. Yeah, helping people communicate. Uh huh. Okay, so we're the Mercury Cafe. I don't know if you can see out here, but look behind you above the awning. See those uh, black and white bricks up there above the awning? Yes, I do. All right, they go along the whole building, and I don't know if you really noticed this, but those are painted black and white like the piano keys on a piano. Did not notice that. <laughs> All right, so like Mercury Cafe rules connections and lots of, and also rules food and service and health and nutrition, Mercury does. So Mercury's a good name for us. Okay, and you put that out there, and then the poets are obviously going to show up because it's like putting the hobo sign on the door. <laughs> okay? <laughs> All right. And see those piano keys that are on the windowsills? I can't live without that either. I'm <laughs> a piano addict and specifically to live music, you know? Everything is done by design here. I don't, well, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, think, I think it is. I think a lot organically grows and ferments, too. I'd say that, but that that ties into your other business philosophies. It ties into the locally sourced food. It ties into the uh, wind and sun-powered electricity that comes on it here. We have to figure out how to live here on Earth and to heal ourselves and heal this planet. We have to figure that out. You know, it's a good thing to pursue. Absolutely, and from that standpoint, you are you are leading the way. Well, <laughs> I, I think there's a lot of big leaders out there. But anyway. I would count you Okay, what the poets say leads the way, too. Okay, and I don't know if I said this to you. After we had this political coup last November, oh on a Tuesday, that's my day off. I'm feeling pretty bad Tuesday, <laughs> you know, and thinking about it. And uh, 
thinking, what can I do, what can I do? And what came to me in inspiration was that I can hold this space, that that's a good thing to do. And then I felt pretty bad still all week long, and the first time I perked up at all was listening to The Passion of the Poets on Friday night, who were outraged and giving us everything about it, you know? And it made me feel better. It made me feel like things are going to be okay, you know? Things could be okay. Yeah. So now, the National Poetry Slam is coming to Denver, Colorado. And you are one of the central hubs for this National Poetry Slam. How does that (laughs) impact you? I'm excited! Yeah, I'm really excited. Hope I got enough workers. (laughs) I I think it'll be okay. Um, Because I really want this place to be synonymous with Denver poetry. And nothing... Thank you. Nothing will say that more than having a national event where where things are held every night at this building. And so people can can appreciate what we get to have on a regular basis. I guess that's me saying thank you. (laughs) Thanks. I'm going to throw a couple of names at you, and I just want you to react. They can be a single word reaction, they can be a story, they can be anything you want. Alright? First name is going to be Ted Baca. What's your reaction to Ted Baca? Sweet honey. Sweet honey? Yeah. And why sweet honey? Great poet, gentle soul. Uh, Andy (laughs) O'Leary. All these are my best sweethearts, are you kidding? No. Andy O'Leary. Yeah really gentle soul, spectacular musician, great poet, really nourishing. Kate Mackay. Kate Mackay, brilliant (laughs) and beautiful and such a deep heart, you know. Ian Doggerty. Oh my goodness. Well, I feel like I sort of watched Ian grow up some here. He spent almost 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. And another brilliant mind. I mean, I am so lucky to experience what people offer here. And Ian, again, people give us their heart on a plate. (laughs) Um, Stan Ostrowski. I have a close, sweet friendship with Stan because we've done some theater together, okay? And that, yeah, Stan's great. And I'm so glad he's still hosting. Another great poet. Lenny Chinella. Same thing, the professor. (laughs) Yeah. A long time thing. Lenny was here a lot more than just for Friday night or Sunday night poetry. Lenny was here a lot, you know, sometimes daily. So we're lucky. Jessica Janelle. Jessica worked here as a waiter, you know that. I did not know that. Bus girl waiter. Now she's got beautiful children. Yes, she does. Beautiful. Ion's 18. He's, I know. he's grown, striking out on his own. Yeah, she was talking to me about Zion having work, and I said, we'll send him in. You know, the little brat never came in. <laughs> you had to give him a job, and he never showed up. Well, 
Teenagers are busy. Uh, Andrea Gibson. Oh my goodness. You know, all of you, it's such an honor to have had you begin here. And that's something that is a treasure that I, I don't know if anybody in the world but me gets that big of a treasure to get people when they are first venturing out as artists and then really become stars like somebody like Andrea, you know. <laughs> and my buddy, you know, I love her dearly. Because again, we got this other thing too. We got the poetry. We also got Vox Feminista with a bunch of radical women. So. Ken Arkind. Okay, this is a secret. When first time Ken was ever on stage, his, he was trembling. <laughs> he was so nervous. And, you know, another great mind. I think a lot of people when they first get on that stage are nervous and trembling. My knees knocked. Your knees knocked? <laughs> you were up there just shaking away? I think I had it in my mind, so maybe I didn't have to shake the papers. <laughs> Can't remember the details, though. Polly Lippman. Polly Lippman. Again, all these brilliant wordsmiths. Piper Mullins. Oh. Come on. <laughs> oh, we are all so blessed to have that woman in our presence. You know, look at how many people are nourished by her and also by everybody whose name you've said. It really is like a, like a rock thrown into a lake. Sometimes. Yeah. In this case, it's dozens of rocks thrown into many different lakes that are all rolling out. Yeah. And touching different lakes. Yeah. It's magical. It is magical. Um, let me think. Trinidad Sanchez. Oh, Trinidad. <laughs> I miss him so much. Yeah, Trinidad taught us all a lot. He was like uh, having a professor in here, too. You know? That's a heck of a list that, a that came list. out of your brain. Yeah. Pretty pretty good. See, that's the other thing. Okay, Mercury rules the brains, and so does all these mercurial poets with their hot brains. <laughs> oh, Katie Mercer. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I watched her grow up, too. Yeah. She started coming around here when she was a teenager. That's right. And she became star-worthy, too. Yeah. You know? Doing her own thing, for sure. And see, these neighbors that are having a hard time there, we just need to get them uh, to focus a little bit and have a little outlet and express that art rage in a more articulate way. Get them, get them some tea and some watercolors, and <laughs> yeah, then we'll be okay. Get them a stage on Sunday night. A cookie. And a, and a gluten-free cookie, yes. <laughs> So, I ask this of all my interviews, and I, I can think of no better person to ask this question to. Let's say, hypothetically, you were to unearth a magical lamp in the back of the Mercury Cafe. 
and a magic genie were to pop out of this lamp and tell you that you have one wish for Denver poetry, what would your one wish be for Denver poetry? Well, you know, there are a lot of magic lamps <laughs> all around the Mercury. I don't know if you noticed them. There's that. And uh, wish for Denver poetry to stay strong, you know, to have mirth and reverence. What, uh, what do you think Denver needs to do to stay strong? In the world we're in, we have to all stay with our feet on the ground and hold on to our hearts and live through our hearts and not let them trick us into living fearfully. To live free, love fearlessly? Yeah. Fearless love, yes. I can think of no better way to end this, this interview. So thank you so very much for your time, Marilyn. Thank you for thinking of me. Absolutely. Another huge thank you to Marilyn McGinnity, owner-operator of the Mercury Cafe, one of the safe havens, one of the longest-running poetry slams in the country. So Marilyn McGinnity has been really the best friend to Denver Poetry that it could ever ask for. So now it is one week away from the National Poetry Slam here in Denver, Colorado. So I thought it no more appropriate time than to give you my NPS preview. We're going to talk about some must-see bouts. We're going to talk. We're going to talk about day events to look forward to, night events to look forward to, so we can hopefully give you a, a nice primer, prepare you for the chaos, the carnage that is about to ensue on our fair city here in Denver, Colorado. So first up, let's talk about some bouts to look forward to. I got all this information off of NPSDenver.com. If you go there, click on the schedule, then there's a link to the bout draw and the competition aspect. But here's just what sticks out to me of some of the bouts that you might want to check out if you are listening to this podcast. First of all, bout number two. That's going to be at the McNichols building early. It's the 7 o'clock bout. That's going to be your home team, Slam Nuba, going against Omaha, Lyrical Opposition, and Rock Slam. It's going to be a great way to kick off the tournament. That is Tuesday at the McNichols building early. And it's going to set the tone for what happens later on in this tournament. So Slam Nuba getting there. First bout out early. Um, two other bouts to look forward to on that first Tuesday are going to be bout number five. That's going to be a Brother Jeff's, also an early bout. So if you can't make the McNichols bout, or if you want to see what some other teams have to offer, if you want to see what, what other parts of the country uh, have to say, then check out Brother Jeff's in their early bout. That's going to be House Slam. House Slam won two years ago and have finished in the finals regularly since their creation. Uh, we got Houston VIP, who is coming on real strong. Portland, which is always a force to reckon with. And Chicago Slam Works. That happens at Brother Jeff's, early bout, 7 p.m. Get there early, because I imagine that one's going to fill up pretty quick. And we've got, in your late bouts on that Tuesday, one that you definitely want to check out is bout number 10. That is De Poetry Lounge, out of Los Angeles, Slam Charlotte, Dada Slam and Slamageddon. That, my friends, is a semi-finals bout right there. And somehow it got mashed up in the prelims. That is going to be a ridiculous bloodbath of a bout. That takes place at uh, Lonnie's Clock Tower. That's the late bout. That one starts at 9 p.m. You, you want to see this 
for sure. It's it's going to definitely like be a great, great way to kick off this first night of the tournament. On Wednesday, the second night of the tournament, I've got a handful of bouts for you to check out. First one is bout number 21. That's going to be at the McNichols building. That's going to be House Slam, Snow or Slam New Orleans, Rock Slam, and Salt City. Just a, another, like, what could be a semifinals bout just right in the prelims there. House Slam, again, just gets paired up with all these really heavy hitters. Uh, Slam New Orleans won back in 2012 and then repeated again in 2013. Um, Salt City always brings the the excellent riding. House Slam, Snow, it's, it's going to be ridiculous. That's going to be a crazy, crazy bout. Of course, if you want to check out another one of your home teams, the Mercury Cafe, Denver Merc, they are also going to be at the McNichols Building. That's going to be an early bout. They're going to face off against Austin, Fort Worth, and Oakland. It's going to be a, a nice test of your Denver Merc team to kind of see where they're at after that first bout, after the first prelim. And you're going to get to see what your hometown heroes have been up to all summer. Definitely check it out if you're in the neighborhood. If, again, you want to check out some other bouts that uh, you can't be around McNichols, you want to see what some other cities have to offer, what some other flavors are, Bout 16 looks to be pretty, pretty severe. That's going to be Albuquerque, Seattle, Mill City, and Brooklyn. Do not sleep on that bout. That's at the Clock Tower, and that one happens early. So that's a 7 p.m. bout at the Clock Tower. Get there because that one is likely to fill up quick. That's going to be one that a lot of the other slammers and entourage are going to want to see. Um, also, at the Clock Tower late, so you get there early for that Albuquerque-Seattle-Mill-City-Brooklyn bout, but stay for Slam Nuba in their second prelim when they go against Lizard Lounge, San Diego, and Olympia to support the hometown team. And then the last one that I've got on my radar screen for Wednesday is going to be bout 19. That's going to be at the Mercury Cafe. That's going to be your Colorado Springs team here, here, going against Root Slam, Breaking Bad, and slam a ding dong so, so many ways to support your Box State, your Denver, your Colorado Springs, your Colorado connection happening on Wednesday. So many ways to show love. On Thursday, the last day of preliminary bouts, check out your Denver Merc team. This is going to be a crazy, crazy bout on Thursday at the Clock Tower. It's got Denver Mercury facing off against Albuquerque, always a super tough opponent, always perennial semifinalists. Mental Graffiti, again, another really, really tough opponent, and a pickup team. So Nova knows who is going to go against the Mercury Cafe in their second bout. We're going to figure that out on Monday, the week of the tournament. And I'll give you more information about that as we get into the other events. But again, that's your Denver Merc team, Albuquerque, Mental Graffiti, and a team to be named later. That's at Lonnie's Clock Tower on Thursday. And the other bout for you to check out on that Thursday is going to be bout number 40. Again, your Colorado Springs here, here. They're going against K-Town, Mike Drop, Urban Spoken Word, and Oakland. That's going to be a coffee at the point. So just my really quick rundown of bouts for you to check out. There are a couple of just amazing bloodbath slams that have nothing to do with Denver that are going to be ridiculous for you to see. So get to those ones early. Get to the ones to support your Denver teams early. Get to all things early. Make sure that they know that you love them and you can show that love by being there and being supportive. Now let's talk about some day events to look forward to. Some day events on Tuesday. 
the two big ones, because a lot of that day is going to be you know, checking in and orientation and get, you, get your pass and did you meet with whoever you needed to meet. But two big standouts for that are going to be the rookie open mic, which is always a highlight of any National Poetry Slam. That's going to happen at the Denver Public Library at 10.30 a.m. to noon. And that's where you get to see a lot of first-timers, people who have never been to a Nationals, really showcase their work and introduce themselves to their Slam family. It's always a great time. And then, of course, the opening ceremonies are going to happen at McNichols. That's going to be 2.30 to 3.30. That's where we really just kick off this amazing week of poetry, of performance, of Slam. So if you're around and can make it to either one of those two, I highly recommend those two on Tuesday. For Wednesday, I've got a couple of things for you to check out during the day. First up is the Diasporic Diction. That's going to be hosted by your local hero, Toluwa Obiwale. That's going to be at Denver Public Library, 10.30 to noon. That is going to be all discussions about the current state of the African diaspora. And it's going to be hosted by one of your, like I said, hometown heroes. So check that one out. Another open mic hosted by a hometown hero, Polly Littman. That's going to be the 12 Tribes open mic at the McNichols building at 10.30 to noon. Always one of the slept-on events at NPS, but always one of the better events I've attended. The 12 Tribes Open Mic, the Jewish Reading. Polly ha- knows everybody. Polly is connected to the entire planet. So if there is a fantastic poet that he can get to that open mic, he will reach out and he will get them. So do not sleep on that 12 Tribes Open Mic. The big, big haymaker for Wednesday is going to be the LGBTQIA open mic that's at Denver Art Gallery, 1.30 to 3 in the afternoon. Oh, and what makes it the kicker? It's only hosted by Andrea Gibson and Buddy Wakefield. What? Two gigantic names in and outside of slam poetry are going to host a single open mic at the art gallery? Oh my god, you want to be there. Get there, because that one is definitely going to fill up, and it's going to be just amazing. And the last one for me to put on your radar screen, if you can't be at the art gallery, if that's not more your speed, and you want to go support another hometown hero, Ken Arkind, check out the Suspect Press Literary Party at the McNichols Building, 1.30 to 3. It's going to be fun, frivolity, and a whole lot of surprises, I am sure. So check them out, Diaspora Diction, 12 Tribes Open Mic, LGBTQIA, and Suspect Press. You can find all this information on npsdenver.com during the schedule. The next ones that I'm going to put on your radar for Thursday that I want to just give you a nod for for Thursday are going to be the Gender Transcenders. That happens at Denver Public Library, 10.30 to noon. The Latinx Open Mic. It's going to be at the McNichols Building, 10.30 to noon, hosted by Jessica Helen Lopez. One of my favorite events at any nationals is the Haiku Deathmatch, and I'm so mad that I will not be able to attend this one. I'm going to be working all day during the day, all this week. And so I'm really going to miss out on a lot of things. One of my favorites, like I said, the Haiku Deathmatch. That happens at the Denver Public Library, 1.30 to 3. That's hosted by Christopher Michael. You definitely want to be there. It's fun. It's it's deep. It'll make you think. It'll make you laugh. It'll make you cry. All in 17 syllables. It's going to be just amazing. And I'm, again, I'm really upset that I'm going to miss it. The next one for you to check out is the African American Open Mic. Always a really just high quality open mic for the African American Open Mic. Uh, get there. That's going to be at the McNichols Building, 1:30 to 3. And the last one for you is going to be the Women's Open Mic at the Denver Art Museum, 3:30 to 5. I might be able actually to make that one. So if you're around, then check that out, and you might see me there. Women's Open Mic at the Denver Art Museum, 3.30 to 5. Now we're going to move on to Friday for day events. 
really only got three for you to check out. The first one is going to be the Survivors of Sexual Assault. This is the first year that NPS is putting on this particular open mic, and it's going to be hosted by Piper Mullins, your former Slam Master for the Mercury Cafe. That's going to happen at the Denver Public Library, 10.30 to noon, and that is for uh, all survivors of sexual assault, regardless of gender. So if you've got a poem or a story to share, uh, something about healing, then definitely check that out at the Denver Public Library, 10.30 to noon. And then another one that I'm so upset that I'm going to miss is the Compliment Deathmatch, hosted by R.J. Walker. This is amazing. So from what I understand, this all came about because R.J., was at a, a comedy open mic or a, a comedy roast of some kind. And, and the comedian on stage said, okay, you know, give me a dollar and I can roast you in any way you want. And so the comedian got a dollar, he roasted someone in the audience, and RJ was like, you know what, that's easy. It's a lot harder to compliment someone than it is to put them down. And so that began his whole dollar compliments you can find on Patreon. It began this compliment death match where the object is to give a better compliment to your opponent than that opponent gives to you. It's amazing. I love the concept of this. And again, another one I'm so mad that I'm not going to be able to see. Denver Public Library, 130-3. Don't miss that one. And finally, the Indigenous Open Mic. That happens at McNichols at 3.30 to 5, hosted by another one of your hometown heroes, Otter Cruz. Friday is going to be just amazing. Saturday is when I actually get to go see some of these day events because I won't be working. Uh, first thing to check out is going to be the NPS Marketplace at the McNichols Building. That's 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. That's going to be where your teams are going to be selling their merchandise. That's going to be books, CDs, some may even have stickers or clothing, whatever. If you want to go out and support a team, specifically a team that did not make semifinals or finals, you're going to find them there. And nationals is expensive. It's a long, expensive process. It always costs way more to undergo than it does that the teams ever make in a year. So this is a great, important way to go support the teams that you like, to go show them you love them by handing over your hard-earned dollars and making them their hard-earned dollars. Another one to check out is going to be the Check Your Head Workshop at the Denver Public Library. That happens at 10.30 to noon, hosted by Bianca McCann, another one of your hometown heroes. Bianca works with the Check Your Head organization uh, going into schools and really using art and poetry as uh, therapy as a way to process trauma, as a way to um, control anger, as a way to uh, get one's emotions under wraps. So you definitely want to be there for the Check Your Head workshop if you can be. Denver Public Library, 10.30 to noon. Follow that up with the Asian and Pacific Islander open mic. That's going to be at the Denver Art Museum, 1.30 to 3 p.m., hosted by Ayla Sullivan, your Denver Youth Poet Laureate, your current one right now, and Morgan Tora, member of multiple Minor Disturbance Slam teams. They're going to be holding down that Asian and Pacific Islander open mic. You want to be there if you at all possibly can. And then, I will not miss this next event for anything. I am going to be at the Nerd Slam at the McNichols Building, 3.30 to 5, hosted by R.J. Walker. The Nerd Slam is always my can't-miss, 100% have-to-go-to event of every Nationals. It's basically two self-proclaimed nerds going at each other through trivia for the chance to read a poem. So they have to answer trivia questions about a specific nerd topic that they themselves select and the winner of this trivia 
gets to read a poem. That's the prize. So the Nerd Slam is amazing every single year. I'm going there. I hope to see you there. And now on to night events. We actually start the night events on Monday because I said we have a pickup team here. One of the teams dropped off after all the registration had happened, after the dues had been paid and the draws had been drawn. So we need to fill that spot. So we're going to have a last chance slam. That's going to happen at the McNichols building, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. to determine who is going to fill in that missing team. Because right now we've got a couple of bouts that only have three teams when you're supposed to have four. Right now we need that fourth team. We're going to determine who that is by random draw. So we're probably going to have a whole lot of people wanting to do this. We're only going to draw 16 names out of all the people who want to do it. And then from those 16, we're going to determine who is going to be on that pickup team. I believe they're only taking four. But that's going to be one hell of a slam. Be there if you can. I will be there holding down the scorekeeping, the timekeeping duties, and just fanning out, just bathing in the amazingness that is going to be the last chance slam. On Tuesday, we've got a pickup slam happening at the Mercury Cafe, 11 p.m. to 1 a.m., the way that this has been described, it may be like the next iteration of a decathlon slam. Uh, the decathlon slam, for those who don't know, was a decathlon-like event married to slam poetry. So you had events like uh, Heckler, you had events like reading someone else's poem, you had events like uh, a cake-eating contest or a, a chocolate milk-drinking contest, you had scavenger hunts. You know, things that had nothing to do with poetry that all kind of got mixed in in the decathlon style. So the first team that accomplished all these decathlon events was declared the winner, and it was just silly and fun. And I'm thinking that this pickup slam is going to be the next incarnation of that. Check it out if you can be out late on a Tuesday. Mercury Cafe, 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. Also at that same time, if that's not your speed, if you would rather go out and have karaoke, maybe with some slam poets, which is absolutely bonkers. Uh, every karaoke event I've been to that included Slam Poets has been one of the most memorable nights of my life. So if that sounds like you, check out Karaoke with DJ Bella Scratch. That happens at Jazz at Jack's, 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Tuesday. Wednesday night events, we've got the much-anticipated burlesque and erotic reading. That's happening at the Mercury Cafe, 11 p.m. to 1 a.m., Hosted by Lady Speech and Teresa Davis. Lady Speech is the perfect person to host this event. Because she is a burlesque dancer. Sweet Honey Oshun is going to be up on stage doing some burlesque and reading some erotic poetry. So, it's going to be amazing. Whether you are into erotic poetry or burlesque or not, go there, check it out. It's going to be a night to remember. On Thursday... We've got late night event of the Hip Hop Open Mic at the Mercury Cafe, 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. This is always one of the more entertaining events that I go to, where in past years, it's been freestyle. So two poets get up there, a DJ's there to drop a beat, and the poets just freestyle back and forth. You know, they get 16 bars, audience reaction on who has the better bars, and ta-da. Hip Hop Open Mic, check it out, Mercury Cafe, 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. On Friday, you're going to have your new pick tournament to determine who the new pick champion is. And for people who don't know what that is, come to these events. 
Maybe you'll hear the whisperings of the new pick, and then maybe you'll get like the secret password and, and find the secret space where it's being held. Go there and just have your mind blown. If you are going to go to new pick, be warned, this event regularly happens until like 5 o'clock in the morning the next day. So you might want to pack some monster energy drinks or get a, a good healthy nap before you go there. It happens after your semifinals. It happens after your group piece finals on Friday. It's like one of the, the best late night events you are going to see. And then, of course, on Saturday, you've got your finals. Who is going to be the best team of the 2017 year National Poetry Slam? Determine that on Saturday. And then the after party, Mick Nichols Building. Check it out. It's going to be just a, a week that is going to be etched in all of our memories, for better or for worse, for good and for bad, and mostly for good. So there you go. There was our NPS breakdown preview. If you want any more information about anything that I talked about, check out npsdenver.com, and you can have all the information, the breakdown of all the events, the bouts, the prelims, where it's all happening, when it's all happening. So there you go. That's where I got my information from. That's where you should go to. Now... Let's talk about the slam that happened at the Mercury Cafe last Sunday. Denver. 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 Queen City of the Plains. Lift high our spirits. Sing well our praise. For in you we live and are loved. All right, your Mercury Cafe had a slam last Sunday. That would be July 30th. We only had uh, about one, two, three, four. We only had five names on the open mic instead of our usual eight because it was your Mercury Cafe team send-off, and a whole lot of poets who normally would do open mic or slam weren't doing it because they were a part of the team. So in your open mic, we had Cloven, Angela Nicole, Jim the Man of Steel, Anissa, and Dustin Schmidt. And the only real standout performance here happened from Angela Nicole. I will play you a clip from a series of haiku that Angela read because you know she's gearing up for the haiku death match. It's going to happen at the National Poetry Slam. If you want to know where, when, check out the NPS breakdown. But if you are at all able to go to the haiku death match, I strongly, strongly suggest you be there. And you're going to hear some work, maybe from Angela Nicole, that maybe sounds like this. Haiku for the clingy boyfriend. He loves me so much. Pull the grenade pin and stay. Says I'm to die for. Haiku's always one of my favorite form poems to write because you have to be super creative. You have to pack a whole lot into a tiny amount of space. And Angela Nicole just showing you how it's done there. So that was your open mic. We had a full eight-person slam for you on the Sunday. Uh, Sacrifice was Hakeem Furious. Then we had Rob Mitchell, Paula Rose, Kara Cruikshank, Michael Turner, Johnny Osai, Shelby Yaffe, Joanna, and Jessica Bardot. A couple of clips that really stick out in this first round. The first one is going to be Hakeem Furious doing his sacrificial poem. This is from his poem about the, the Hotep after party. After leaving the hyper-masculine, stay-woke, hotep think tank Sarsetti lecture, we go to the after-party. Because what is a meeting of the black minds without an after-party? Get down, groove session, a little shuck and jive to balance out the fight against white supremacy. 
such a great device to talk about intersectionality, to talk about misogyny resting in, you know, black culture, the the Hotep after party, where Hakeem Furious really does break out all of the uh, ways that misogyny can rear its ugly head inside this very progressive, very liberal, very left group of people, uh, the, the meeting of the black minds, right? It is a fantastic poem. It kicked everything off really, really well. And, spoiler alert, Hakeem Furious, with a sacrificial poem, had the high score of the first round. That never happens. That's how good of a poem this is. That's how good of a performer Hakeem Furious is. Got the high score of the first round in the sacrifice spot. The next clip I'll play for you is from Johnny Osai. This is a brand new piece that he read off of his phone. Um, He doesn't actually say who he addresses during this poem, but it's someone older because at one point he mentions that he was 16 years old and this person he's talking to was 60 six zero years old so here is the answer to the question why aren't you dead yet i didn't have an answer for you then but i do now that answer is you i wanted to smile like that to see it all this pain and suffering to live with open heart to feel it all and still smile this was just a really warm soft, uh, heart-soothing poem from Johnny Osai. It was a bit of a departure than the stuff that he's been coming with lately, and I really enjoyed it. It didn't score very well, as these types of poems don't generally seem to do, but as an appreciator of stories, an appreciator of language, I really enjoyed this poem from Johnny Osai. The next clip I'll play you is from Shelby Yaffe, someone who... I had never seen before. Apparently someone who went to school with Wheeler Light. And I don't know what they're putting in the water at that school, but they are producing some poets. Here's Shelby Yaffe. Sometimes I wonder if I would feel more comfortable if everyone who touched me wore latex gloves too. Not because I don't like being touched. On the contrary, I crave it in unbearable waves like a dope fiend at the end of his stash. Maybe it would just feel more correct. Something in me repeats with the rhythm of a torture device that I am untouchable, false, disease. If you get too close, I may never stop writing about you. If you keep your hands on me too long, I may never cease wishing you'd put them there again. Such a great setup and delivery by Shelby. Uh, I wish people wore latex gloves when they touched me, not because I don't want to be touched, but because I crave it all the time. And if you were to touch me, I would always want to have you keep on touching me. Such a, a great bait and switch, you know, set them up and knock them down. So I, I hope to hear more from Shelby as the weeks go on. This was great, and I want to see more of her. The final clip I'm going to play you from the first round is from Joanna from this last year's Minor Disturbance team. She was uh, one of the members of that team. So here we go from Joanna in the first round. A boy will say he likes my soft hands. I'll say I wish they weren't like that. I'll say calluses are birthmarks and I wish I was part of the family. I wish I had something to show, something my children will point at and say, that's mommy's sacrifice. My mother, however, will say you don't want hands like hers. Just another really, really great image. Calluses are birthmarks, and I wish I was part of the family. Just a, a really delicate but really powerful way to say what you're going to say. So that was your first round. Your second round really didn't have a whole lot of standout work in it. Uh, it was a, a lull of a second round, and I'm not sure what that it can be attributed to, but um, we did have one standout clip, again from Shelby Yaffe, in the second round. 
I'll still know that purgatory is a motel where the car broke down, a mat to wrestle God on, a place to find your new name. I won't be here forever, and no one has ever been guarding the door. Now, Shelby did not score well enough to make it into the third round, but I do want to play this clip because I think the reason why she didn't score as well as she needed to to make it into the third round was because there was just a little bit of a clarity issue on this one. Again, the writing was really, really solid. What she was saying, the images, the connection she was making were really, really strong. It's just that at no point in the poem did the audience feel like they could latch onto the, the subject or the object of this piece, and I think that hurt her. But still, uh, again, I want to hear more from Shelby Yaffe. If you can hear me, Shelby, please keep coming to the Mercury Cafe. And then we move on to the third round. We actually had a tie for second place between Jessica and Joanna, so we brought them both in, and Joanna actually ended up taking the whole ball of wax. She ended up winning the whole night from the very first position in the third round. I wonder if the woman in the statue felt like this too. Did she feel like she was too big for this earth too? Did she have to stop posing for a while to remember what her body looked like before someone else told her how? Did she cry midway through posing for the statue? This was a great, great piece about body image, about uh, her own body image, how she feels about her mother, uh, speculating on the way her mother feels about her own body image, and it all ties around this statue that she saw when she was 16. Uh, Summer 16 is how she starts the poem, saying that she saw this statue of a large woman with like sagging breasts, nipples pointed down to the earth, and it was called Beautiful. And she was like, wow, that is beautiful. And then in using that, she really does try and reconcile her own body image, uh, the way her mother looks, the way she looks, um, all revolves around it. So it was a really, really great piece. And it was enough to win her the whole night so that will do it for your mile high poetry slam podcast this week a couple of quick announcements again we are still looking for volunteers for the national poetry slam if you would like to volunteer go to npsdenver.com click on the get involved button and get involved if you want to get into these amazing prelim bouts for free without paying a single solitary dime, if you want to check out some of these things that I've mentioned that are going to be amazing, if you want to support your local teams without paying anything, be a judge, be a timekeeper, be a scorekeeper, volunteer at the door, pull a shift, be a utility player, go to npsdenver.com, sign up as a volunteer. We still need more people even this late in the game, and you would be doing yourselves a favor and doing us a favor at the same time. Everybody wins. So that will do it for this week at the Mile High Poetry Slam podcast. I want to say thank you very much to Jill Carno. I'm just going to start my Fiona Apple cover band right now. Thank you very much to the entire Mercury Cafe 2017 national team. If I may draw attention toward Ian Doggerty's face right now, it is pretty amazing. <laughs> and thank you to the audience at the Mercury Cafe. Because he's so magical, he can do it all. As always, remember that the points are not the point. That the poetry is not the point. That the point is, was, and always will be the people. We'll see you next week, everyone.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.